0: Shapers on Jazz FM Listen in colour In partnership with Mishkondorea It's business, but it's personal I wish I knew how It would feel To be free I wish I could break All the chains Holding me I wish I could say the beautiful and lyrical sound of Nina Simone with I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel, To Be Free, written by Billy Taylor and Dick Dallas, for those of you that may want to know that. Good morning, it's me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM's Jazz Shapers. Thank you very much for joining me. This is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues, and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. A huge person shaping the world of business as we know it and indeed as we have known it. My business shaper today is and has done exactly those things. His name is Jeff Reed. He's the founder and CEO of Nosh Beverages. You may know him for being the founder of one of the most famous branded uh, water drinks, Ballygowan and spring water back in the 80s. And he's done so many things in between, including uh, the small matter of being chair of the London Irish Rugby Club, amongst other extraordinary things. Lots coming up from my business shaper, Jeff very shortly. In addition to hearing from Jeff you'll be hearing from our programme partners as well some words of advice from Mish Gondare for your business. And as well as all of that there's the music and there's some great music today from the Shapers of Jazz, Blues and Soul. Dave Brubeck is one Ella Fitzgerald is another and this is from Ian Shaw I don't have to go to bed, I've got a small day tomorrow, small day tomorrow, I don't have to use my head. i got a small day tomorrow, I can sleep the day away, it won't cause too much sorrow, not tomorrow, so tonight this mouse will play. Great sound there of Ian Shaw with Small Day Tomorrow. It's off his latest album, Theory of Joy. Jeff Reed is my business shaper today, as I said earlier. He's the founder and CEO of Nosh Beverages i must admit i've just been sipping one it's the nosh super brekkie shake to wake me it says here it's made up of yogurt banana quinoa and oats and it's a breakfast drink we're going to be along about that a lot about that but jeff has also been the uh, the founder of ballygown spring water the island-based bottled water company he has also been involved with the irish rugby club london irish rather it's based in london and so many other things i'm just going to stop and say hello Thank Hello. You. Thank you for joining me, Jeff. Thank you very much, Elliot. Now, tell me about um, how the man who studied at a, telecoms and electronics
1: ended up deciding to become a serial entrepreneur. When did that little thing
0: happen? Because you've done loads.
1: I think it's really because I found uh, there was no jobs available in electronics when I qualified. Uh, so I came to London. Uh, I got a job selling footwear initially. And it was while I was doing that, um, I I was suffering a bit from overindulgence um, and I was in one of the shops and a lady came in and she had a bottle of water with her and I thought, oh, that's the cure for my dehydration. Um, So I went uh, across to the local Underwoods chemist, as it was at the time, and I saw there was a selection of waters on the shelf, some from Hungary or Bulgaria. And I thought, wow, that's a perfect product for Ireland. So I um, moved back to Ireland, um, researched the market, and launched bottled water. You make it sound very
0: matter-of-fact. I mean, this is a business that sold out for many millions, <laughs> kind of over a decade later. That moment, that little epiphany is one thing, because many of us have those. We look around the world and we see the gap The actual conversion of that thought into action, getting back on the plane, doing the research, launching the business. Why you? Why did that happen? How come you had the right mentality for that?
1: I think I'd pretty much become unemployable at the time uh, because I was so committed to developing this business. Um, So it became a a challenge. And uh, a lot of people had thought about Irish water in the past. And um, I think I was just lucky I hit the right moment at the right time in the right location. Um, the market had been the fastest growing uh, sector of the food and drink market worldwide for 25 years. Um, I came across a source. Um, I had the ability to uh, market it. Uh, at the time, bottled water was attracting both um, table water duty and VAT And I managed to persuade the Minister for Finance to zero-rate bottled water for VAT, which enabled the market to grow, and we just took advantage of it.
0: The things you've just described are quite a few things, from persuading the Minister of Finance to do that, to finding the source, to negotiating with the source, to to working out your bottling plant, I imagine, distribution, marketing – In the early days, was it all you or did you quickly find people that could help you deliver this? This It's often the the thing that stops great businesses
1: becoming that. Well, the business started, actually. I found a source and I used to go and pick up bottles in a van, take them down to the source. And myself and my girlfriend would bottle by hand. We'd take it back and label at the kitchen table. And I'd have my, my mother and my sister involved. It was a real cottage industry. And it grew from that. I used to deliver the products out to supermarkets in a van. Um, I I was very lucky to meet very supportive people in the supermarket business. Fergal Quinn in Ireland and the people who ran Quinsworth and other major multiple stores supported me because there were very few Irish indigenous products available. And it was a bad time in Ireland. There wasn't much real entrepreneurial things happening. So it was fortunate. I got a lot of support. And I hit the ground running. And I was very fortunate as well because we did a little bit of advertising, which is about all I could afford. Small little ads placed in the Irish Times, which were a parody of an eating out uh, restaurant critique. And they attracted attention. And I was very lucky to win £100,000 of free advertising in the national newspapers, which allowed us to kick off into a much bigger scale. Stay with
0: me for my incredibly humble um, business shaper, Jeffrey, who describes himself as fortunate, but seems to have made quite a lot of his own luck along the way. Time for some more music. This is Lisa Bassange with Riders on the Storm. of with the Doors' original Riders on the Storm. Jeffrey is my business shaper and we've been talking about his first venture, rather big one it turned out to be, which was the um, Ballygown Springwater business which I think you sold in 1993 about 12 years later for a significant amount. You then went on to found another business, Grape, Ex- Grape Expectations, I knew I'd get it wrong because it's just one of those, those, those mm. phrases. Um, I believe at the same time you became the chairman, or a similar time in time frame, you became chairman of the London Irish Rugby Club. Uh, and we're going to come on to these new businesses. But you've obviously got an appetite for being busy and an appetite for challenging yourself. Where do you think that appetite comes from before we talk about that next
1: business? I think with Ballygown, I'd taken it as far as I as my talents would, would bring it. It was, we had 80% of the Irish market. We were the number one brand in the UK. We were the largest producer of bottled water in Britain or Ireland. And we had mar- um, sales in lots of markets. And when that stopped, I I was 38. Um, so I had uh, a lot of years um, ahead of me. So I decided I, I couldn't sit back and do nothing. So I created the this concept with a colleague ...of um, selling wine in small bottles, quarter bottles. And there had been a few uh, quarter bottles of wine on airlines... ...but it was sort of tokenistic. And what we did was we brought that concept to the market... ...and initially sold these quarter bottles in composite offers in in pubs in Ireland. And it became the main way of selling wine by the glass in, in busy pubs in Ireland and over 80% of Irish, of the Irish wine by the glass market was in quarter bottles and then we brought the concept to the UK and at one stage we had over 60 wines ranging from you know Pay up to almost grand cru wines in quarter bottles that we could offer to the market as a composite range
0: now it's a very another very intelligent innovation um, Again, I imagine at that point when you set this business up, it wasn't financially driven. You were probably pretty comfortable. But you, you said that thing around, well, I was 38 and had this life ahead of me. When the money isn't the driver, what becomes the driver?
1: I think if a if business is logical, um, there's a real consumer requirement or need for a product and it, it isn't been made available. I think it's a challenge to create something that fits that gap. And um, the quarter bottles of wine was an obvious thing for me. It's uh, people want a fresh glass of wine in a pub or or at home actually, and it gives people the chance to try different styles or varietals uh, without opening a large bottle and seeing half of it go to waste or getting corked or whatever. So there was a logic to it, um, and it was a challenge and. The audience was receptive in Ireland. it was less receptive in the u k because they had more of a wine box um, mentality. Uh, but the quality we offered was much 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 greater and that challenge you mentioned that
0: challenge that led to you um, getting involved in London Irish rugby that led to you getting involved in the uh, if I understand correctly the original premier um, rugby board as well. Mm-hmm. Where does that fit for you in your the things that you 've achieved in your life?
1: Yes, I was invited to a lunch in a bank, and um, when I got there, I found there were some other, um, I suppose, expat Irish um, sitting round the table, and we were given a presentation by the management of London Irish Rugby Club at the time, and it was clear to to all of us that there was a this was the beginning of the professional rugby era, and again there was a logic to the development of of this sport as a professional sport it's a global sport Um, it's it's attractive it's got a big audience and it's supported by television but at that time the television income was about £30,000 per club per year so it wasn't viable from a financial point of view Uh, but what we did was we made the decision to invest in the club which was 99 years old um, and um, bring it into the professional era, which was quite a challenge.
0: We're going to pick up on that challenge very shortly. Um, stay with me for more from my business shaper, Jeff Reed. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom from our program partners at Mishkondarea for your business.
1: Hello, my name is Derval Walsh. I'm a partner in the contentious banking and finance practice at Mishkondarea. One practical tip I would give to all customers who have dealings with their banks is at the start of the relationship, particularly when they're drawing down funding, it is very important to get the necessary professional input from either accountants or lawyers as to the terms being offered by the bank. One of the reasons for doing this at the outset is because it is critical to avoid a situation where there is a dispute a year or two years down the line at which point the die has been cast and very often from the perspective of the borrower and the legal or professional advisor it is a case of damage limitation. So I can't stress highly enough the importance of getting professional assistance at the start so that you set your stall out appropriately.
0: Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I have the privilege of talking to someone who's shaping the world of business. If you've missed any of the 200 or so now, go back into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, and you'll find them there. If you'd like to tweet, then tweet us now on at Jazz FM, and you will get a response, I promise you that. Jeff Reed is my business shaper today. Uh, he's the, right now, the, the, the recently the founder of Nosh Beverages. I have been uh, sipping on a super brekkie um, bottle right in front of to me. Uh, he's also the founder of Ballygowan. He was also the, the person that um, was the chair of London Irish Rugby Club and so on and so forth. Many, many, many things. Let's go forward right now, Jeff, your latest venture. Um, how did you... Obviously, you've been in the kind of the food and drink world before. This is a super brecky drinkable food thing. How did you come upon this idea?
1: Well, I've got three sons in their 20s, Alex, Chris and Matt and they um, generally are in such a rush out the door to work that they skip breakfast and when i looked into this i found that about 80 percent of young urban professionals on their way to work just skip breakfast entirely and it struck me that there was an opening for a nutritious healthy breakfast on the go in a so food in a drinkable format and um so that's where nosh was created and it's basically Greek yogurt, quinoa, whole oats, real fruit pieces, and uh, fruit juice. So it's very nutritious and healthy.
0: And incredibly tasty, because I've just been greedily destroying this one in front of me. Um, you're still innovating, and it's been over 30 years since your first business. And and I and you talk about logic in a really unsurprisingly logical way, which strikes me as relatively unusual, because many of the people I interview are... Um, well, They're driven by its creativity in a positive way, and I'm not saying you're not creative because obviously you are, but there's something almost ruthless in your logic. If it works for you logically, you're going to do it. Is that a fair comment?
1: I think so. It's, um, I hope it's not intellectual arrogance because uh, it's not meant to be. Mm. Um, I actually think if there is a market need for for innovation, I think products need recycling and reinvention the whole time i think uh, consumers have a low threshold of boredom they're constantly looking for new sources of nutrition and there's very little actually that's healthy out there in the market if you go into a coffee shop you can get great coffee but nothing but cakes um actually what people want in the morning is a good start a good healthy start something that's going to fill them up and keep them going so i you know it's it's the idea that um, there's a need that needs to be serviced is what attracts me.
0: Uh, um, and these needs that need to be serviced, you have, again, got a pretty good track record of delivering against them. Creating teams, raising money or spending money astutely, where has that skill set come from, do you think? Because it sounds like you got it right pretty much first time, unless, obviously, we're not going into the, the dark and difficult times when you it didn't go so well. How, where's all that popped up from?
1: I think I'm driven by the the challenge to such a point that it's it's kind of um, I'm prepared to gamble. And I think that's what entrepreneurs are. They're sort of gamblers and they do need people around them who actually rein in their excesses. And um, You don't look like a man of excess, if I may say. I mean,
0: you look very measured. So are you secretly an excessive kind of guy?
1: I think I am. I, I like to take risks. And I think the creation of any new business is a risk you know, you may succeed, you may fail, but actually, it's the trying and the achieving gives great satisfaction.
0: Stay with me for more from my gambler, uh, Jeff Reed, although he sounds like the most measured gambler I've ever met. Time for some music. This is the wonderful and upbeat Elephant's Trail with Manteca. <music> It was Manteca from Ella Fitzgerald. Um, Jeff, this this business now um, is not the only thing you're doing. You're still involved in other boards and and various um, pursuits. How do you manage the lot? People talk about portfolio, but you don't
1: strike me that you've moved into the portfolio time of your life. But there's a juggling act that goes on? there is a little bit of juggling goes on my primary focus at the moment is nosh and everything else sort of takes a bit of a backseat to that um it's at a critical stage where um it has the capacity to to grow very rapidly but it needs support from the retail market from the supermarkets and that's the time we're going through now you know building a business isn't an instant hit Um, And, you know, most overnight successes have had long gestation periods. And um, I guess NOSH is is a long-term business opportunity, but with short-term issues that it's got to resolve, like getting more distribution, getting in more customers' hands. And um, so that's keeping me pretty busy. What's the satisfaction for you? What drives you to
0: feel good when you wake up and go, yeah, that was, or finish the day and go, that was a good day? Because, again, I go back to the money thing. It's not, it doesn't sound like – we've we've hardly talked about the money thing, and yet along the way you've had events, many of them. Um, but I don't think that affects you, does it?
1: Not really. I think when I see people with the product enjoying it, um, when I see bottles of Ballygown on the supermarket shelves, um, bottles of Nosh uh, being consumed – we did a sampling exercise in JP Morgan um, a couple of days ago, and we sampled 2,000 people with Nosh, and they loved it. And it was it was very um, energising um, to see people enjoying a product that you've created.
0: We'll have our final chat with my guest Jeff. Um, plus, play a piece from Dave Brubeck. That's after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Conderaya. It's business, but it's personal. That was Dave Brubach with the unsquare dance. Jeff Reed is my business shaper. Just for a few more minutes, your your life to date, Jeff has not been boring. Um, you constantly challenge yourself. We you've talked about the the logic and seeing those needs and servicing them. Um, we've established that the satisfaction is literally from the the person with the product in the hand, which I get. I understand that very visceral reaction to someone enjoying something you've created. What next? I mean, Nosh, I assume, will carry on growing and you want it to become a mega brand. Um, What's important to you over the next five, ten years?
1: I think what's important is um, to use one's brain. Um, I find that I need to have intellectual challenges, uh, whether it's on my business or whether it's helping other businesses develop. Um, I like to ask questions about businesses so I understand how they Have evolved, but also where they could go to and whether the strategy is correct or it it sounds a bit boring in a business sense. But actually, I find that um, keeping um, one's brain involved in um, activities, whether they're yours or other people's, is very important.
0: And that's kind of timeless, isn't it? You don't need to be walking, I mean, literally walking around. I imagine 20 years, if you've got another great
1: idea, Mm. then you'll just carry on going. Yes, well, as I mentioned, I have three sons, and there's an an idea a minute coming from them, so um, it's nice to be involved in their thoughts as well. Are they working with you, any of them, or are they doing their own thing? They all help me on the business. They're all working in separate companies, but they all help me. They're all very creative. Um, They're very helpful in the marketing, and... um, They tell me where I'm going wrong. Uh, And and is there a sense that they will do their own thing as well? I mean,
0: are they working for other people or have you kind of imbued in them the belief that being an entrepreneur is a good thing?
1: Uh, They work for other people, but I think they can bring entrepreneurial flair flair into other people's businesses. Um, What they do in the future, they may have ideas, uh, they may want to get involved in the business. Um, You know, everything's open for them at the moment. And in terms of environment, you've seen three decades now of entrepreneurs
0: coming and going. Um, my own observation is the last five ten years has entrepreneurs become a bit more accepted, a bit cooler, a bit more aspirational. From your perspective, has it got easier to create a new business, or is it just the same? Is it still the, the slog? Is it still against regulation? I mean, what's what's your your read of it now versus when you first started in business?
1: I think it's harder actually in in the sector that I'm in. I think um, people are have sort of closed up shop in a sense of new ideas. Uh, um, I think the in the technical or the electronic IT end, um, apps and um, those sort of businesses, I think is it's very fruitful and people are prepared to back them. I think in traditional businesses, it's harder to get distribution. It's harder to create a noise. Um, with the supermarkets not doing terribly well, they're not very receptive to new ideas Um, but i hope that'll change and you believe in innovation fundamentally i think innovation is core to any growth in a market and um, consumers will not stand still it's been a real pleasure
0: talking to you today jeff thank you so much for making the time to join me um just before i let you go it's time to ask you what's your song choice and why have you chosen it
1: well, my song choice is um, John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra. It's a song called A Lotus on Irish Streams. I think it's a beautiful piece of music. I first saw John McLaughlin uh, play over 40 years ago at Crystal Palace, and I've been a fan ever since. And this also reminds me of Ireland. Well, here it is, especially for you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.
0: Was a Lotus on Irish Streams from John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Vishnu Orchestra. The interesting and lovely song choice of my business shaper today, Jeff Reed the man who believes in logic and in logic defining the needs of the market and then he in turn meeting those needs of the market he said it in such a clear way it was extraordinary. A man who believes in innovation who has carried on innovating and is driven by innovation. And someone right at the core I took from him, someone who's completely calm through everything that he's done. Fantastic stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am next Saturday for another appointment with me, Elliot Moss here on Jazz FM. Meantime though, stay with us because coming up next it's nigel williams jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with Rea. it's business but it's personal